Well, on that first Palm Sunday when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, the people would have probably thought this sounds familiar. And so here now this reading from the Old Testament from the book of uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 10. This is the prophecy that foretells and predicts the events of Palm Sunday. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, for lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Amen. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Blessed are you, O God, and blessed is your Son who comes in the name of the Lord. Open our ears, open our hearts this morning that we would hear from you this day the words that you want to speak to us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Practicing celebration is at the core of what it means to follow Jesus. It's at the heart of who we are as a community of faith. Now, one of the things that I've noticed since I've been at Aldersgate, which admittedly has not been a long time, I'm coming up on two years in July, but one of the things that I learned very quickly is that we are a people who know how to celebrate. We know how to throw a good party. From trunk or treat in October, vacation Bible school in the summer, bingo nights throughout the year, and of course the 45th anniversary party that endured even a rainstorm last fall, I have quickly learned that if you want to be a part of a church that knows how to party and celebrate, look no farther than Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Wichita, Kansas. It is a lot of fun to be here with you all. But the spiritual discipline of celebration includes a little bit more than just having fun and parties and bingo nights. All those things are good and important. But when we say that celebration is at the core of what it means to follow Jesus, we're talking about the celebration of how good and beautiful God's grace is. Now, this is what we do every Sunday when we come together to worship. We come week in and week out to celebrate how good and how beautiful God's grace is, something we cannot fathom or understand, but it is worthy of celebration. We come to celebrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, in particular, is a day that is especially marked with celebration. Today is Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is that day that celebrates the triumphant entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem when he fulfilled that prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, and the crowds welcomed him with shouts of praise and celebration. Hosanna, Hosanna, 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, of course, we know that the story of Holy Week will take a tragic turn in just a few days. We know that those shouts of Hosanna from the crowd will turn into cries that say, crucify him. But for today, the text from Mark chapter 11 has us dwell in the moment of celebration. We get to just be here for today. We know what will come, but today we celebrate. Now, I'm going to need your help uh, for the rest of the uh, sermon. In the 8 o'clock service, we had kids in here, and they had the palms. Where did my palm go? Here we go. And what I ask the kids to do during children's time is every time you hear the word celebrate, I want you to wave your palm. Now, I know you don't have a palm, but you have arms. So whenever uh, you hear the word celebrate, I want to invite you to get a little silly and just wave your hands a little bit. Do some jazz fingers. Let's participate in the celebration that is Palm Sunday. There we go. You got it. You got it. Have you ever wondered what the word Hosanna actually means? We uh, sang it in song just a few moments ago, but it's not a word that we're probably familiar with. Now, this is helpful for us today because at first this phrase, Hosanna, uh, it was used in the Psalms and it was a kind of prayer and translated literally the word Hosanna meant, Lord, please save us. Now, we see an example of this in Psalm 118, verse 25, that reads, Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. But if you look at it in the original Hebrew, it reads, Hosanna, Hosanna, we beseech you, O Lord. The word Hosanna originally was a cry for help. It was a phrase that you would use when you were up the creek without a paddle or thrown into the deep end of the pool and you knew that you needed a lifeguard to come and save you. It was a cry for deliverance and a cry for God to come and save. But over time, that phrase evolved. And in the Jewish culture at the moment when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, it took on a new meaning. It became a phrase that exclaims not a future wish of salvation, but the reality that salvation had come. It became more like the phrase you would say when you were up the creek without a paddle after the lifeguard came and saved you and gave you the paddle, right? It was a phrase of celebration of God having came to your assistance and saving you. In this way, the people that shout at Jesus as he comes into Jerusalem, they're not offering a prayer to him to say, Lord, please save us. More so, they are celebrating that their salvation had finally come. They looked at Jesus and they saw him as the fulfillment of their salvation. And so they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is important for us because it helps us realize that as the people saw Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on Palm Sunday, they saw in him something worth celebrating. And celebrate him they did. You guys are doing great. 
But the thing about the crowds is that they celebrate Jesus for the wrong reasons. See, when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, the Jewish crowds believe and expect that he will be the Messiah to restore Israel to its former strength and glory. It's good for us to remember that during Jesus' time, the Jewish people were not free. They were an occupied people living under the authority of the Roman Empire. And before the Romans, they had experienced generations of exile at the hands of the Babylonians and the Assyrians who came in and destroyed their temples and carried their families off to a foreign land where they lived as slaves. Now, as the story goes in the Old Testament, the Hebrew people eventually were able to return to the promised land, but things were never the same. The nation was never as powerful, never as influential as it once was, and so there was always a longing, always a dream within the ancient Hebrew people that Israel would one day be restored to its former strength, its former glory, by a Messiah, a Messiah who would be their king and would restore the kingdom in the line of David, and the kingdom would be strong and prosperous once more. And so when Jesus comes riding in on a donkey, which is a symbol of royalty, their shouts of Hosanna reveal who they expect Jesus to be. Not just a prophet, not just a Messiah, but a king that would restore the nation of Israel to a nation of great power. But of course, when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, he brings news of a different kind of salvation. Because Jesus doesn't just save us from political powers, he saves us from sin. Jesus did ride into Jerusalem on a donkey to be a king, but not the sword-wielding, power-toting, empire-toppling kind of king. Jesus came to be a king that reveals the strength and power of God's love, a love and a power that is made known through death and resurrection. For a temporal king, death would have been the sign of failure, but for Jesus, death is the sign of the ultimate victory. So Jesus offers us different salvation than the crowds expected, and he offers a different salvation than the people wanted. And so although they celebrate Jesus with shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, they celebrate for the wrong reasons. Now it is possible for us too to celebrate for the wrong reasons. This phenomenon replays itself over and over again in the church today, for whenever we choose to celebrate the Jesus that we want and we expect to come riding into Jerusalem on the donkey, we risk celebrating the wrong thing and the wrong Messiah. Uh, just this past week, my fiancé and I, we've watched a new documentary on Discovery+. Plus. Uh, the documentary is called Hillsong, a Mega Church Exposed. Has anyone heard of this? Yeah, a couple of us. 
Now, if you're unfamiliar with Hillsong Church, they are a global megachurch that was founded in Sydney, Australia, but now they have a worldwide reach. They have dozens of campuses over six continents. I guess they're still working on Antarctica, but I'm sure they'll be there soon. Now, it's hard for us to overstate the influence of Hillsong Church. Their name is almost synonymous with popular Christianity. Millions of people, including myself, have attended Hillsong concerts and worship services. Millions of people have bought their music. They truly are a household name and a global brand. And if you've ever been to a Hillsong concert or been to one of their worship services, you know that Hillsong worship feels like a celebration. They are fun. They are high energy in a way that embodies the spirit of Hosanna. They jump and they dance. They dance like no one's watching. The best way that I can describe it is it's like a rock concert for Jesus. But underneath the flashy lights, underneath the smoke machines, underneath the trendy music, I think is actually a message that we call the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is dangerous because it radically deviates from the message of Jesus who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. The prosperity gospel is a message of health, wealth, power, and influence. It says, give your money to the church and Jesus will bless you with all of these things. It's a message that tantalizes our desire for happiness, self-actualization, but actually has very little to do with Jesus and the message of salvation that he brings now, I encourage you, watch the documentary for yourself, but I think you will find that there are a whole lot of things in that documentary that are not worth celebrating. You might even come to the same conclusion that I did, that perhaps the leaders of Hillsong Church are celebrating the wrong thing and the wrong Messiah. Now, believe me, I know every church has its skeletons and every institution has its problems. The United Methodist Church is no exception. It is not my aim to throw a Hillsong under the church or throw them under the bus and throw mud at people who do church differently than we do. They're not the only ones who get it wrong. We do too. For when we let our desires and our expectations for what we want Jesus to do for us seep into our celebrations and our worship, we too risk celebrating the wrong thing and the wrong Messiah. Friends, what I hope you hear today is that Jesus is absolutely 100% worth celebrating. He's worth making the jazz fingers for. It's why we do this every Sunday, and it is so, so good. But Jesus is not worth celebrating because he is exactly what we expect, and he is not worth celebrating because he is made in the image of what we want him to be. He's worth celebrating because the good news he brings is better than anything we could expect or imagine. 
The breadth and the depth of God's love for the world will always supersede our ability to imagine and fathom. And that is why we come to celebrate every week. We celebrate the Messiah who came into the world to show us once and for all, nothing could separate us from the love of God. Not sin, not death, not the cross, not anything that you are going through this morning. We celebrate a Messiah who does not promise us temporal prosperity. He doesn't say, follow me and you'll get health and wealth and power and influence, but he does promise to show us the way towards a different kind of prosperity. A prosperity of mercy, humility, and peace. A prosperity that he models for us when he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey to declare a message of peace for the world. Practicing celebration is absolutely at the core of what it means to be followers of Christ. So let us celebrate today. Wave your palms, shout Hosanna, do the jazz fingers, even perhaps get up on the pews and dance like nobody is watching. It's okay, I promise. Let us enjoy and celebrate the good news that God's love is absolutely greater than we could ever expect or imagine. That is worth celebrating. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.